Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Love at First Psych, a Psych First Watch Rewatch podcast. I am on your host, Jake Christie, joined as always by my co-host, my good friend, a first-time psych watcher, Andre Brera. Andre, how are you? I'm great. I'm good. <clears throat> yeah, just munching on some nuggets. I wish it was a chili dog, but, you know, we make do. How are you? You can only suck on so many chili dogs. Well, I can suck on many. And don't you? you? Yes, I'm doing well. You know, uh, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's I'm, I'm I'm pretty hot in my room because I forgot to do the thing where because uh, I always have to turn off my air conditioning before I record because it's very loud. And I it was it was nice outside today, and so I just had the fan on today. But I forgot that since I was going to turn it off, I probably should have run the air conditioning for like a half hour beforehand. And you know, now I don't have a fan yeah. on even, and it's uh it's pretty hot. But that's well, that's a small you problem. You don't have a fan on right now. No, because it's too loud. It because it, the, only the fan I have in my room is the one that is in the wall unit for my air conditioning. Like, because New York doesn't have anything but wall units. So no, I know you don't have like a regular fan. I could, but I don't really need it because my wall unit is right next to my bed, and so like it just it, it, I would never use it honestly. Um, but well, uh, for anyway. those nights where it's not that it's for those days and nights that it's not super hot. Yeah, but I use the I use the fan from my air conditioning because it's right by my bed. Oh, I've never used a fan for an air conditioning. Oh, I mean, I do all the time because it's pretty easy. <laughs> Ozzy works fine. Um, right. But anyway, Fair we're now here to talk about that. We're talking talk about any given Friday night at two, any given Friday night at 10 p.m. and then 8, 9 p.m. Pacific. What's the whole psych? Some of the titles are out of control. Yeah, there's way too much going on here. But yeah, yeah it's uh, let me look it up. It is any given Friday night at 10 p.m., 9 p.m. Central. Oh, there's more to it. I just put it at 10 p.m. Yes, because the, it, Amazon can't fit it because it's so fucking long. Jesus, okay. Well, yeah. um, but anyway, this episode is about football. It's about a fictional football team, the Los Angeles Thunderbirds. Now, I have a question. I was afraid, because I love this episode, I'm going to be honest. I was afraid that you might like have some hang-up because you don't like that they made up a fake Los Angeles team. Is that true? Is that a thing, that, is that a thing you don't like? No, I don't care about that. Okay, um, No, I don't care about that at all. Um, I think this episode kind of stinks, though, uh, for other reasons. Okay. So yeah, we start I had, off no, with, I had no, I had no problems with the Miami. Was it the Sharks from any given Sunday? Yeah, I'm, yes, they, yeah, they did. Yes, that's a sick name. Yeah, it's always, it's always funny that like you know how I, I honestly do believe that I, I think that for the purpose of entertainment, I think this would never happen, obviously. But I think that it's kind of ridiculous for the way that public domain laws are written in the United States. Other than greed, there is no reason why f- sports teams wouldn't apply for them. Like, there, there is actually no real reason why. Like, th- football teams are just so ingrained in the fabric of America. Like, I just don't think there's any legal justification of why you shouldn't be allowed to use a real team name. I mean, because it, it's, it's almost the same as, like, calling a tissue a Kleenex. Like, it's just, it's so second nature. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. Also, I, like- I, what I really want is I just want uh, an unauthorized, like, book and not uh, an authorized unauthorized movie about the nfl being shitty honestly that's really what i want <laughs> um good luck with that yeah i know it's never gonna happen so the t-birds this is in, in the late 80s they lose they lose another heartbreaker and sean is with henry in the tunnel uh ready to meet a player and they're a big fan of uh what is it coach uh, he's a uh, not coach uh, sammy uh winslow, winslow played by michael t williamson is it mike kelty no, it's Michael, Michael T. Michael T. His name is his name is his real name is Michael T. Williamson, but he changed it to Michael T. One word when he joined the Screen Actors Guild. 
I had no idea that's what it was, but interesting. Yeah, I always Mike say Mike Kelty. I mean, most people do, um, but I'm not most people. Okay, interesting. Um, I don't see anything where it says that his name is Michael T. Williams. Williams. Is it not Mike? I mean, I know it's pronounced Michael. Hey, you fucking fake news. I, am I fake news? I thought it was Michael T. Williams. I could have sworn that. that I, know his, I know his legal name is Michael Williamson. Well, he was charged with attempted murder, so that's interesting. Well, that's not great. <laughs> I did not know that. He stabbed his ex-wife's boyfriend. What a what a cucky. Never I, honestly that must have been fake because I definitely heard I definitely heard that on a podcast, but I guess not. Uh maybe it was someone who uh I'm gonna blame someone else, but it is my fault. It, but anyway, it is, Shame it, on is you. it is pronounced like Michael T. Like that I know for a fact. That I, I'm positive about. Um but anyway. So Sean doesn't say anything there, but then Sh- you win. Sean then gives, uh, he gives Sammy a piece of advice. Yeah, I forgot what it is. It's basically like if he's like going back, um, you know, after he hikes the ball, if he claps his hands together, is that what it is? He's about to like throw it a certain way. Yeah. And it's basically a certified interception. So he tells him about it and he's kind of like, you know, a little bit sour. Obviously he just lost the game and he's got some fucking 10 year old kid, uh, giving him some advice. And, um, but he comes out and a nod to the famous Coca-Cola commercial. He says, hey, kid. And uh, instead of giving him a jersey, uh, he's no mean Joe Green. He gives him a football. Uh, didn't even sign it, so cool. It could be no. any football. And so we cut to the present, and apparently Sean and Gus are late to the station. They missed 12 messages because they were having a Ray Dong Chong movie marathon. Um, Is that a real know. person? Ray Dong Chong, yes. It, this one I'm a hazard about is uh, Tommy Chong's daughter, who was big in like the late 80s, early 90s. I've never heard of this one in my life, but okay. Oh, yeah, I mean, ooh, I, she was in Soul Man. I mean, the thing, when I first thought about that, I'm like, I don't know how many good movies you're getting to in a Ray Dong Chong movie marathon. Color Purple? Okay, that's one. And I guess Commando is, like, fun. And yeah. um, I think she's Boulevard? in she's in one of those horror, she's in a horror anthology movie. Is it Tales from the Crypt, the mo- Tales from the Dark Side, the movie? One of them. Tales from the um, Dark Side, yeah. Correct. So those are okay, um, but yeah. And then I, I do love whenever Lasseter has some type of pop culture knowledge. Where he says, "Did you watch Quest for Fire?" <laughs> Which I've never yeah, I did like that. And it but completely... yeah, but what what Sean's what Sean's uh, solution to avoid having to call? Uh, to avoid having to what? I'm sorry. So that they don't have to call. What is his solution? Oh, a psych signal. Essentially, it's like a bat signal um, with an image, essentially, of him holding up his hand to like his chin, I guess. No, his um, temple. His the psych. His temple. Sorry, to his temple, and it would basically have cost the police department about two hundred thousand. So that's a no go. Honestly, a lot less than I would have guessed. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Um, probably true. So he instead wants badges or a gun, but he's not going to get that. But Vic comes out and says basically they ha- they have a missing person. Uh, well, they think they do, and they go down to the uh, corners. And what is on the table? Is a corner office typically inside the? police station i think in a smaller city it probably is i don't know okay okay uh anyways they find a severed foot um which you know uh you can live without your foot but you got to make sure you you've been taken care of maybe some cauterization something going on like the, that uh, th- this thing if there is a foot that is found in the wild odds are the person is dead because if the person is not dead, they would have been admitted to a hospital. You know what I mean? Like, it's they're not the, the diagram of situations in which you lose a foot and you don't go to a hospital where you survive. It's not much overlap. 
Yeah, maybe like in Santa Barbara area, but if like you're in like the Sierra Nevadas, maybe you'll find some way to get like a you know piece of wood and just kind of like you know do something there. I don't know. I mean, hopefully. I mean, I yeah, it's pretty just hard. Just my opinion. Yeah, you're 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 not a doctor. Um, yeah. So uh, Sean's getting some vibes from the foot. He says that the pinky toe is saying he went to market, but no, he actually went wee wee all the way home. I mean, just some good bits. Uh, personally, I think this we probably divided here, but I like this bit. Um, yeah, it's fine. And but he also he does notice a couple marks on the foot. Yeah, he sees like a scar on it, and um, you know some signs of wear and tear. Let's say. Um, and so they're walking and talking. Basically, the foot was found on a trail by some hikers around the general area of Lake Kachuma. So, you know, as this is a severed foot found in the middle of the woods or whatever, um, you know, it's a possible murder investigation. And, you know, that doesn't stop Sean from being completely inappropriate and just making a bunch of foot jokes. Yes. But then when he goes outside, he catches up with Gus, who we forgot to mention, ran out of the room because it was a foot, which, you know, of course, he does. you know, he's Gus. Um, yeah. And Gus, they talked about they talked about how the big toe was smushed and there was a callus, like a repeated action, like kicking, maybe a soccer player. Um, yeah. And so then Sean goes back in. He's got a rogue foot, you know, and he points these things out. And Juliet says, oh, it must be an athlete. But the problem with soccer player, of course, is that soccer players wear shoes yeah they wear shoes um well most athletes wear shoes i want to say maybe not in futsal i don't know maybe i'm wrong no but yeah well i just want to talk about because the thing that is a thing that i was not aware of until i saw this episode and didn't know was a real thing is that apparently barefoot kickers used to be a thing there hasn't been a barefoot kicker since 2002 barefoot or like with a sock on i don't let me see rich the guy the last guy to kick a field goal in the nfl barefoot was in 2002 but like he he most of his career was way before then and completely barefoot looking at these photos okay and he played for the nfl he played in the nfl yes his last his last um he was the last so did I say 2002 i meant um uh 1990 yeah 1990 what did i see 2002 um oh uh wilkins this guy um uh not carlos was the last regular one um jeff wilkins was he kicked an extra point um, in 2002, Blair Fight. Okay. Uh, I had no idea it was legal, but sure. Great. Um, so, you know, um, I guess essentially they discover or they suspect that it might be Vlad Aleksevich. Um, he's the only kicker, I guess, in this fictional world that kicks without a shoe. Um, my thoughts... What a fucking maniac, but uh, you know, yeah. clearly it's working out for him. So they head on over to the training camp, uh, practice field, stadium, whatever, and uh, they meet Jules and Lassie there because apparently they're on the same trail. Um, yeah. Sean In fact, they actually goes, proved it. Yeah. They did a DNA sample, and uh, they matched it to Vlad. Correct. And uh, not only that, but Jules is uh, she's a fan of sports. She's a sports fan. She knows her facts about you know, football and all kinds of things to which Lasseter gives no shit about sports at all. I mean, I think the only sports he likes are anyone's relating to guns. Yes. Now Jules does mention that she dated a Miami dolphin. Now I don't know who that is, but based on the time frame, maybe she was kicking it with Jason Taylor. Who knows? Um, was Ricky Williams there? Ricky Williams would have been there. Yes. Yes. He was definitely smoking some reefer with them. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so they go up to Coach w- uh, Winslow, and he asks to talk to them in private. Um, and uh, at the, as this is going on, Sean note he makes a bunch of um, mental notes about uh, the team that he will bring up later. Um, and uh, sorry, I skipped. I skipped a couple things. Don't, I don't even ask me that scene. They're like, what's going yeah, on? Yeah, it's too much. So much going on. But Sean mentions too that he wants a autograph. He says the last two he got were C. Everett Coop and Drew Lachey. Um, I don't know who C. I don't know who Drew Lachey is. Um, but Drew Lachey is Nick Lachey's brother. Isn't that Matt Lachey? Or is he a multiple no, it's brothers? It's Drew Lachey. It's Drew Lachey. Okay, so Drew Lachey and then the C. Everett Coop. The only other one that was in fucking ninety eight degrees. And of course, C. Everett Coop is uh, was Bill Clinton's Surgeon General who endorsed Life Alert. Um, and right. so, uh, yeah, they talked to him, and uh, we learned that both Sean and Henry love uh, Sammy Wils- Winslow. The only thing they agree on, other than Asian Slaw and Harry Hamlin. Yes, um, which I think. Wait, who's married to Harry Hamlin again? Lisa Rinna. Oh, that's so random. Um, by the way, did you know that Drew Lachey was a combat medic in the United States Army? <laughs> I didn't, no. Uh, and for him. worked in a deli. That's, wow, what a, what a career for him. Anyway. Yeah, so, sorry. yeah, they, so they, they talked to him on the side, and they, he may, he's surprised to hear about it. Um, but he had, he apparently had disappeared before during the offseason, so it wasn't like that out of the ordinary. Yeah, he seems to have been a wild card, which, you know, no, no disrespect. Obviously, I'm about to say something disrespectful. But uh, no disrespect to Russian people, but yeah, they kind of strike me as kind of being a little bit crazy. Um, yeah, of course. Especially, yeah, yeah especially, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I, okay, yeah. for instance, for instance, um, Fairfax High School is famously in a like Russian immigrant area, um, close to like West Hollywood. And the fucking stories that my friend would tell me about his Russian friends that went to that high school, like, you'd swear they were back in the fucking old country, let's just say. Hell yeah. Um, and so they, Sean and Gus say nothing through the whole interview and Lassie's kind of mad at them and is basically like, why? And he's like, oh, we get quiet when we see our heroes. Uh, and Sean mentions that Gus almost fainted when he ran into Ralph Macchio at a Del Taco. And I love the joke. For the record, he was not working there. I know, I know. He just got fucking ripped, um, which I'm only... Can I tell you something? I'm... Ralph Macchio right. is a multi-time guest star on the show later on. I guess he didn't find it too offensive. Okay, not only that, but like he seems to like his career got back on track a little yeah, bit. It did. So he's, yeah, he's back Cobra in the Kai. fold. So good for yeah, him. good for him. Um, and so I mean, he is one of the biggest examples of a phenomenon that I try to explain to people of how dangerous it can be if you're an actor who plays teenagers really late into your career because then you get old really quickly and people are like, oh shit, like as he was like 28 playing uh, Daniel in the Karate Kid movies, and then like when people turn around six years later and he looks like a guy in his mid thirties, they're like, Oh, he got old when the reality was he wasn't young to begin with, you know? You know, it's crazy. I've never seen the karate kid. Neither have I. I think we talked about this before. Um, I've only seen the new karate kid, the one with Hillary Swank. Do you mean the next karate kid? Cause I would call it the new karate kid is the one with Jalen Smith. Yeah. Jayden well, Smith. I, I thought, I thought it was called the new karate kid for some reason. It, no, it's called the next karate kid, I believe just to clarify. Okay. Um, gotcha. But yeah. And also I love the thing about the Jane Smith one, which I have not seen is apparently they do Kung Fu. Which is just so great. Of course. And so, um, you know, they talk to this guy. Uh, Last Angels talk to this guy, Matt, who apparently knows Vlad. And he gives a couple different leads. Uh, yeah. He's um, apparently he. Um, you know, it's funny. When we saw this, I, I when we first meet Matt, I automatically assumed this is going to be some sort of a thing with Jules. Um, obviously, it doesn't happen. 
But basically, Matt says that Vlad owed monies to bookies. He was a big gambler. Um, and not only that, but he was going to open a nightclub with his cousins, which, you know, now that I at first I didn't realize that there was, this was a football team based out of L.A. I thought it was a Santa Barbara team. So I'm like, OK, well, that's kind of weird. Um, but, yeah, I mean, opening a nightclub in Los Angeles, that's 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 going to be a fucking money pit if you don't do this right. Yeah, you don't want to you don't want to go into the restaurant or hospitality business unless you know what you're doing. I feel like that is a piece of advice where like that is, I think, one of the most important pieces of advice to internalize as a person, especially if you're ever going to come into money. Just because you have money does not mean it's a good idea to open a restaurant or a nightclub. Um, and so unless we see Ted the Sean- Tedros. Exactly. Then Sean, we see Sean and Gus. He got they're wearing jerseys um, and they got into the locker room. They stole Vlad's phone. And how did they get into the locker room? Uh, they became boys with uh i forgot who it is some guy named benji i, I forgot what he is he like the equipment manager but how did they become boys with him uh, i forgot that he's a big fan of rent and sean told him that gus was tay diggs <laughs> okay i saw the tay diggs i heard the tay diggs part but i definitely didn't hear the rent part yeah um and so when they look at the phone there's a new text message that says it's too late no more chances which of course lassie lassie is always his theory is always the most basic like a to b theory even if there's no real evidence for it he like once he hears something that sounds credible he's like yep it's definitely the russian mob do you know what tay Diggs' real name is scott he started going by tay because he was called scott tay as a joke and then when he went to college he started going by tay that one i'm right about he was born scott barry yeah but i know that tell me i'm look at the wikipedia guys yes that one I know I'm right about. <laughs> and he has, he has a sister named Shalom. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, I love that. Do you remember the video of him where it's like, people always ask me, what's it like being a sex symbol? And he trips and hits his head. Which no, is clearly no, staged, but it's very funny. Like people, I've known for a while people thought it was real. And it's like, no, it's funny. But it's like, it's it's one of those, it's like, you know, like, it's kind of like, hey, have Tay Diggs. People ask me what it's like to be a sex symbol. And he tries to put his foot on a table and he slips and falls. <laughs> Wait, hold on a second. Is okay. Was the whole um, what's that guy's name? Uh, the guy who fell down the stairs at the Met Gala. Is that Jason real? Derulo? That was not. That was not staged. He did fall down the stairs. Jason Derulo did fall down the stairs at the Met Gala. That's fucking hilarious. Okay, I thought it was fake. I no, 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 no. That he did. He straight up. That was a, yeah. Um, and so nice. they end up. So they're gonna. They go to. Um, they decide that they're not gonna follow the Russian angle, and they go to Coach Winslow's office, and Sean introduced himself. Uh, as Sean Spencer psychic, and do you remember this is this is probably yes, in my I top do. ten Gus nicknames, probably at least yeah. top 20, fifteen. Yeah, um, yeah, he's introduced as Daquan Smallpox Randall. Um, yes, but you can call him Gus. Yes. Um, and so right now, Winslow basically says that he feels like this is all his fault. Whatever happened to Vlad? Um, that he knew he was going off the rails and didn't do anything. So he's you know being a coach Taylor instead of being a coach Winslow. Um, and, you know, he's, this is a very serious story he's telling. And Sean and Gus pick a really bad time to just be fanboys. Yeah, this is, this is bad from them. But they, Sean does bring it back to the, bringing the story when he was 10. And Coach Winslow does remember that, which is honestly not that surprising. Like, I feel like, it, especially the fact that it worked, I feel like you would remember that. Um, and then in order to demonstrate his, his value, he does the thing, you know, like the psychic showing off that he does. And he points out a bunch of, you know, 
things about the team that there's a guy who came back too early from a concussion, a guy worrying about his divorce, a guy who just has a lot of water weight, who guy who's sleeping with his with a reporter, a guy who doesn't want to be on the second team, possibly gay, definitely gay, um, and yeah. So he he does he does the Shaw thing. It's a classic psych move that he proves that he's good by showing off a bunch of shit. Correct. Um, and so you know the coach says basically that he picked up on a lot of it and he's actually very impressed with Sean's uh, ability to uh, his perception ability essentially. Um, and so this is when Sean basically says that they need to essentially play the part of being a football player and. It's not as simple as that. They need to believe, the people on the team need to believe that he's actually a football player. So I guess that's where we're going. Yes. So we see the, the, the all the kickers head out on the field because they obviously need to get a new kicker. And we see 99, and wouldn't you know it, it's no, none other than Sean Spencer. And Jules accidentally checks him out, a classic comedy move. Like one of the mm-hmm. oldest moves in TV comedy is you have a character check someone out, and then they realize it's a person they know. You can't beat it. Um and so Sean's talking to the previous kicker on the team, um, and he reveals, Sean says that his cover basically is that he played in Tel Aviv, but they didn't ca- you probably didn't catch his games because he didn't play on the Sabbath. Uh, right. This, this must have been, yeah, it was a great, that was a great dig. Um, I'm guessing this is before uh, Thursday Night Football was a thing. No, yeah, exactly. Um, but we also learned from Coach Wilson that apparently Sean gave an interview to ESPN Deportes. Um and uh, what do, do you remember Sean's uh, pseudonym uh, under this uh, in this investigation? Okay. It was Emilio Estevez Estevez. Well, Emilio Estevez Estevez. Estevez, yes. Um, which ends up being a funny joke later on. Yeah. Uh, not so much right now. Yes. Um, and so he has to kick because basically every kicker needs to do a kick, and he uh, kicks. He somehow gets a twenty-one yarder in, which honestly is more than most people could do. Um, but he wants to know, did he break Tom Dempsey's record? I so, I so badly want to try uh, to kick a field goal one day. Um, I don't know. I, I want to say I would be able to do it, but, you know, it's just could be hubris. I definitely couldn't do one on my first try. I de- like Because I, I, I honestly really have no good sense of how, like, where I would need to kick it. Um, and so... Uh, apparently they only have two days to find out what's going on. And Gus is, uh, he's, he's undercover as a training intern. So he has to set up a lot of massage tables, but he wants to avoid being there because his, his part of his job will be to massage big hairy men. And he says, I only use these hands to touch myself. Yeah. Which my God, I think Gus is like the most insecure male, like on this show, which is really saying something. Mm hmm. Yes, um, and so they we see um, uh, they can see a bunch of. Do you know how to open a bottle of wine? Yes, but not well. I hear you. I see you trying to do it. It's basically. I mean, I, what I generally try to do is like get it in as far as I can and pull. But I mean, I'm not good at it. This is why I love fucking screw on bottles. Yeah, the best. Um, but anyway, um, when Jules and Lassie. Are back at the station. They realize it's kind of a dead end. The Russian lead. The um, his contents from his locker are a bunch of junk. But Jules does see some bet slips and a phone number. So yeah. So I mean, all signs point to you know someone not being able to pay their gambling debts and possibly biting the big one as a result. Yeah. Uh, and so we then see that we learn that no one really liked Vlad. 
but there was there is a group of people on the team called the Warriors, which are the craziest guy on the team, which you know is saying something for a football team. Um, and so Sean has to try to yeah. get close to them because he, they are likely suspects because they seem to know uh, Vlad well. Yeah, I mean the interesting wrinkle with Vlad is. Uh, Almost everybody on the team he either owed money to or tried to sleep with their wives. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, he was basically the Tony Parker of the Los Angeles Thunderbirds. Exactly. And so when the Warriors go sit in a soaking tub, Sean is in full scuba gear in another one. And he just keeps making movie references that they've never heard of. Except he does do the joke that you mentioned with Emilio Estevez as they is. Where it's like, like the actor? No, you're thinking of Charlie Sheen, which is a funny joke. Right. Um, who's actually Carlos Estevez. He right? is, yes. And Martin Sheen is Ramon Estevez. Yeah, I do respect Emilio Estevez for keeping that on. Yeah, um, and so we learned that there was that the one one of the warriors has a tattoo with his wife, his mom, and a stripper. Um, and uh, you know they're very, being very clearly evasive when talking about Vlad. Like they're talking about him like they barely know him, but they kind of Sean knows that's not true. Right, and Sean notices a few things. Um, he notices a keychain with the um, initials ORW, and then he notices like some marks on their skin. Um, yeah. One of them around their wrists, and the other one like around like some of their feet. So yes, yeah, something to. And so um, Sean um, mentioned go, meets up with Gus. Uh, and well, so they mentioned a thing about Russians too. And so then we see that, uh, Jules and Lassie are going to the place that the phone number is associated with that took all the bets and it's a Russian dry cleaning. And and on top of, uh, Vlad, what, uh, what photo is behind the counter? (laughs) There's Vlad and Chad who Chad was, uh, Sean Spencer's character on that telenovela, uh, that he was on. I forgot what it was called and I don't remember the name of the episode. The episode name is Lice Camera Homicidio, but I don't remember the name of the telenovela. But anyway, um, the, the, when they ask about uh, Vlad, a guy, of course, runs off. They catch him. His name is Sergei Vangif. Uh, Vangif? I don't remember what it was. Um, right, Vangif. Yes, and he is, his visa is expiring, and he doesn't want to go back to Russia. He's trying to open up an aquarium store with his wife. Right. And, you know, uh, Lassie basically is trying to, you know... Um, you know, uh, get him to like you know, admit to something, and because he's his number was the one that was calling Vlad last week, mm-hmm. and he admits that basically Vlad owed him money, mm-hmm. and uh, he owed him money because he was basically a side, um, he was like a bookkeeper on the side, mm-hmm. and um, you know, if he goes to jail, who's going to feed all the fish? Exactly, and so yeah, they threaten him with fires in prison, yada yada. Um, but he, they, he, they get that information. Then Gus is supposed to be massaging a guy and he makes up the hovering technique that apparently monks in Cambodia taught him. And he uses a lamp to convince the guy that he's getting a massage. You know, Gus really just needs to, he needs to get over himself. He's, you know, like he thinks that Sean's a man, baby, but Gus is really just an insecure, you know? Um, yeah, he's figured something out. Yeah. And so. We then have a conversation with Sean and Gus where Sean asks about poison oak, which is what was on the guy's foot, which was also on um, also on Vlad's foot. And they realize, okay, it's near fresh water. And it was a hiker's near Lake Akuma, which, um, which found it. So it probably is going to be in that, um, that lake. So they go to the lake, but they're uh, beaten there. Yeah, they're beaten there. Uh, police are already there. Um, 
basically, yeah, they had just gotten there like an hour ago and he's late to the game. So they kind of just roast his ass for, you know, finally being outsmarted by, uh, by Lassie. That's yeah. kind of it. I do love that Lassie's like, when he's speechless, write this down. I don't have a pen. I just think that's always a good, it's a good bit. Um, but yeah, so La- Vlad apparently was up there because he used an old girlfriend's cabin. Um, mm-hmm. I also love the joke that Sean makes where after Sean, as he says they did old-fashioned police work, he says, oh, so you Billy Club immigrants? <laughs> I did like that crack, yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, uh, so you notice that he has the same wrist injury that Matt does and that there are some tire tracks near the lake. Um, and so we also see that Sean gets his badge, which is just uh, a laminated thing that says that as the Santa Barbara Police Department logo, Apparently, uh, the former Laotian general who sells food outside the station also has one. Um, and, yeah, uh, he's on yeah. the same level, essentially. Um, but Sean asks Chief Vic not to release details on mm. the actual finding of his body um, because he believes that the Russian angle is completely wrong. So luckily for them, uh, it's going to take like a day, essentially, to let Vlad's family in Russia know. So mm-hmm. they have a day to mm-hmm. shore up whatever their theory of the crime is and to prove it. So... That's what we're going to do. Yeah. So they want to talk to Coach Winslow again, but also Sean was supposed to meet his dad for uh, dinner and sort of make up for being three hours late. He brings Coach Winslow to... Um, to his house. To Yeah, to his house. And so... Oh, wait, sorry. I, I skipped the bit with the hazing. Sorry. My bad. Oh, that... the yeah, they, get, they get hazed, which basically is a long, drawn-out scene, which... They get taken to the top of the stadium. And the main piece of information we learn about it is that they talk about there goes our contracts. That's the important piece of information. Correct. Yeah. So, yeah, like you said, uh, Winslow's over at Henry's house and they're mm-hmm. kind of like throwing the pig skin around in the backyard. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And, you know, uh, Henry goes to get them another beer and mm-hmm. Winslow and Sean have a little one on one. And he basically says that he was thinking about retiring. Mm-hmm. Um, but he can't go out like this. Uh, yeah. You know, he's going to at least give it one yeah. more season. And Sean asked about the hazing, and he basically learned is that Coach Winslow, because so many people were doing stuff off the field, that he put behavioral clauses in all the contracts so that if someone, like, violates the law in some way um, or, like, does something unethical, they can get cut and lose their guaranteed money. So that is a pretty hefty motive with these million-dollar contracts. We then cut to the Thunderdome, where, uh, you know, Vlad's death is finally news, and um, he's kind of... the Thunderdome. Yes. And, you know, Sandy's kind of taking a leap of faith by trusting Sean to get the job done. Yeah, you know, he is. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, for once, the you know stadium actually looks legit. Mm-hmm. Um and so they also noticed that there's like a fight on the field between Matt and Drew. So there's a little bit of tension going on. Yeah. Um, and then they get a call from Jules who basically wants them to. Well, no, it's not a call from Jules. It's that uh, Gus shows up to tell Sean to get down oh, to the yeah, station yeah. because yeah. Vlad wasn't murdered. And then Sean says, tell me again, but did you make an accent? <laughs> yeah. And he does a spot on Jamaican. I mean, do uh, I English Jamaican, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Um, it's really good. Yeah. I love yeah. it. And I just love it. I, for some reason, I think about that a lot, but wasn't murdered. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so we learned that basically the actual murder, we, the, there was no murder, that his injuries were from a motor vehicle accident, accident. But Sean notices that there was no cuts from glass or anything, which it takes way too long for them to realize it's probably ATVing. Maybe just because I'm from Florida and ATVing was like a very common thing that people did all the time. Um, but like, that wouldn't be my first thought, no. 
Okay, that definitely is my genuinely my first thought. Um, I would thought like a motorcycle, like dirt biking or something. That's first. true. I guess by the lake, though, I would think ATVing. Um, if it's uh, if it's on like the if it's not on a road, I mean, yeah, I true. I, I'll say this: you, I understand that it is a Florida thing for me because, like, if someone gets in an accident in a vehicle that is not on not on the road, I always think it's an ATV thing. There's actually even a place I never went because I'm me, but there was a place like uh in my county. They called that they nicknamed the Redneck Yacht Club, which was just like a big dirt hole that people took their ATVs. Um, so, no. Nice. Anyway. So, yeah, they find some stuff. They find Vlad's keys. And what do the keys say on them? They say ORW. Which stands for? Off-Road Warriors. I'm not, I don't remember what he said before that. Yeah, older Republican walruses. But, of course, as he says, everyone knows walruses are libertarian. Um, Correct. And so... They then look, Sean looks at the um, time of death on the coroner's report, and this is the big smoking gun. Time of death. It was from before the text message was sent. <sighs> big mistake. Correct. So, yeah, it looks like somebody was very sloppy, was trying to cover up the crime. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're back in the locker room, and it looks like Sean's identity has been revealed because. Yeah, his, his cover's been blown. Yeah, his fake police badge is hanging from his locker. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the crate, the warriors show up. Mm. Warriors. I wish I had two, two things to clink, but yeah. Um, yeah, they're there and they basically, you know, they say that, that they know he's not a kicker. Yeah. And Sean admits to not being a player, but he does crush a lot, which yeah. I thought was a great reference first. I, can I be honest with you? I don't get it. What's that from? It's that uh, big pun song. I'm oh. not a player no more. I'm not a player. I just crush a lot. See, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not surprised that I don't get it. I am surprised that they don't get it. Um, Do you know the song? I kind, I sounds vaguely familiar, but I, I just I have music is really a thing that I have such a ma- such massive blind spots, um, especially like early hip hop. Honestly, um, anyway, uh, so Sean channels Vlad, and he d- goes through all of the the stuff. Um, all the evidence that he has, we, we talked about, and apparently the whole thing was that he hit his head on a rock after accident. He ended to Matt, and uh, they thought that if they were honest about it, that this would violate the behavior clause, and that uh, they would lose their contracts. Correct. So they covered it up, um, and you know, obviously, now everybody knows, or sorry, Sean and Gus know about how this all happened. So they can't just let them. If they're in for a penny, they're in for a pound. So they're basically going to handle these two. Mm-hmm. So Sean he tells them to run, knocks over a table full of power, like you know, fake Gatorade, Powerade, mm-hmm. whatever. They run like through the stadium. They decide they're going to make it to the press box and call the police from there. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, they had never heard of an elevator before because yeah. right when they get to the top, uh, the Warriors are there. And yeah, it looks it, this doesn't look good for our boys. Yes, they get cut off, and so they get taken up to the press box, to, and they're going to get, you know, they're getting manhandled. Um, and so uh, they are, what was I going to say, that the, the guys are obviously, you know, freaking out because they don't, I, there's obviously some strife about whether or not they kill them because they'll go to jail, yada, yada. Um, and Sammy, Coach Sammy, ends up coming to break it up. He was apparently in the film room. He heard everything. Um and uh, he makes an impassioned speech about how it doesn't matter about losing starters. It's about the people who love the game. Yeah, and I got to say, this was probably like the lamest part of the episode. Um, That's fair. It's like, 
yeah, like how do these guys go from like being football players? I get that they're the Warriors or whatever, mm-hmm. but to go from like accidentally killing one dude or sorry, covering up the accidental death of one of their teammates to just flat out wanting to murder two dudes, possibly I, three. I get the impression that Matt stretch. is the, I get the impression that Matt is the only one who actually is willing to kill them. I don't actually believe that. I, I don't buy, I, I, I can believe that Matt is the one who is, but I, I, there's clearly hesitancy among the other guys. I'm kind of, I'm kind of not convinced that he actually was going to kill the coach, especially. But even for Matt to do that, it just seems like a stretch. That's true. I guess I just watch. I watch enough crime shows. I'm like, yeah, people fucking kill people. Um, um, but anyway, they end up getting broken up again because Lazzy and Jules and a bunch of other cops are there. Um, and yeah, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a nice moment. Sean gets to be told that he's proud that Sammy's proud of him, and then um, we get the final bit, which Sean achieves a lifelong dream. Yeah, he gets to kick for an actual, I'm not going to say NFL football team, but a professional Well, no, he doesn't get to team. kick for the team. He just gets to lead them out. Let's not be stupid. Oh, 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 I thought he got to, like, kick for them. No, I don't no, know why no, I no, thought no. that. No. Okay. Yeah, he gets to lead them out. Um, and, yeah, Ju- uh, Gus drags Jules over there mm-hmm. to watch it. She seems like she's very impressed with the whole situation. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, the they blew their whole budget this episode on a Queen song, so that's great. Yeah, they play We Are the Champions, which I was I always – it's always crazy whenever we see a show from basic cable from back then. We're like, holy shit, this must have been like the half the budget of the season. Um, yeah. I mean, this episode must have been so expensive because they clearly shot in like a real big stadium. And like, I can't imagine that. Uh, if you told me this episode was like 20% of the whole budget for the season, I'd believe you. Um, they probably shot it at the Vancouver Argonauts. Was it the Argonauts? No, it's Toronto. No, uh, Vancouver is, it's no, it's the BC, uh, it's, oh, fuck, what is it? BC Lions. BC Lions, yeah. Because yeah. I think so, yeah. yeah. Like double check that. Yeah, BC lines. Shouts to them. the BC lines. By the way, currently are second in the West. Um, Shouts to them. Yeah, let me. I hope I'm. I, I I'm pulling for the the Winnipeg Blue Bombers though. Um, and so yeah, it's a nice moment. Um, and yeah, what do you give this upside out of ten? Now we'll see how far apart we are. I gave it a seven. I gave it an eight point five. Fuck you. Love this episode. Okay. Yeah. No, I just thought it was like. I mean, I like the crime aspect of it i thought everything else was like super flimsy and like just like a really tough motivation to to want to kill people over but you know um you know thing is i also think that i think that this episode came out at a very specific time of like the height of nfl players getting arrested and shit you know what i mean like this episode came out like in the in pac-man jones's prime you know <laughs> uh i mean it would have been a different episode if it was around the ray Carruth era Oh yes, of course. That uh, see once again, that's why I'm like, yeah, people kill people. I don't know what to tell you. Um, well, he yeah. didn't kill anybody. He he tried he, to. I mean, he, no, he did. He killed the woman. No, he didn't. Yes, yeah, she yes yeah, she died. She didn't die. Uh, yes, she did. I don't think she did. No, the oh. baby the baby didn't die, but they managed to save the baby, even though the baby has severe developmental disabilities. But no, yeah, he, she died. Oh shit! Okay. Well, I mean, she—he hired someone to do. I thought you were saying that he didn't literally kill her, which, like, yeah, sure, but like hiring someone to kill someone is still bad. Um, but yeah. Well, I mean, he, obviously, yeah, he's not a great guy, but no, uh, yeah, yeah, he did, yeah he, she died. Okay, I didn't know he actually. I, I mean, I knew that he didn't actually kill anybody, but okay. no, but he, I mean, I believe he's out of jail currently, though. But I think he's out. So, well, oh, if you're listening, Ray, Ray, uh, you should have done that. I don't know what to tell you, man. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah. Um, that is this episode. Please uh, follow Andre Brera on Twitter. Andre, where are you? 
at Andrebarrera at twitter.com. Yeah, and you can follow me on Twitter at the J Christie. Where if you subscribe, share the show with the biggest psych fan in your life, and tune in next time as we talk about okay, this episode you better like because this is this is a top tier fucking episode. Truer lies. Thank you.